All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca Podcast episode. It is good to have you here. Happy Friday to you if you're streaming live with us. And actually, if you are streaming live with us, please don't be shy. Don't hesitate to jump into this conversation. Um, really, come hang out with me and Sean today. Ask lots of questions. We're going to be talking about elopement photography and three big ideas that drive great elopement photography business. And I'm going to introduce Sean here in just a second. But please don't be shy. Ask questions, comment, send us funny emojis, make it a group discussion, hang out with us. And for those of you that are listening to the audio version of this after the fact, don't hesitate to go to youtube.com slash Boca podcast and subscribe, turn on notifications and um, keep up to date with the live streams. We're going to do one to two live streams a week. And then of course those episodes we push out to audio, but we'd love for you to come hang out with us, join the live conversation, ask tons of questions. And uh, we'll look forward to that again, youtube.com slash Boca B O K E H podcast. And then as always, as I promised I would do, um, I made another donation today to charitywater.org, little receipt there on the screen for proof. Uh, but I just do this again as a means to encourage you the same way that one of our guests, um, Sean, encouraged us um, in, in months past, a number of episodes ago, uh, to look for opportunities to give. He's, he's really, really incredible in giving to his local community. I've been giving to this international organization for a number of years, but it's amazing how a little bit of money can go a long ways. And especially during the holiday season, as I think we're all more sensitive to that. So look for those opportunities, whether in your local community or through these organizations, I'd highly encourage you to do just that. All right. Well, on that note, I want to bring in yet another Sean, a brand new Sean, a brand new guest to the Boca podcast. Sean is here with us today. Sean, I really appreciate you. Sean, you know what? Let me make sure I get this right too. Oblazalo. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Dude, you nailed it. I, I nailed it. Okay, <laughs> cool. And it, I'm, I'm glad, you know, it's funny. I, I don't have a super complicated last name, but sometimes it gets uh, demolished a little bit. People say funny things. So I have to make sure I say it correctly, but I appreciate you making time to come hang out with us today. We're going to talk about a pretty important topic in elopement photography, but just thank you just for starters. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. Well, and I'm going to go ahead and use this as an opportunity to send everybody to your Instagram account, which just, I mean, Sean, your work is, is beautiful. Vows underscore and underscore peaks is the Instagram account. We'll link to it in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Your work is, is truly stunning. And I'm excited to kind of dig into this a little bit today. And then your website as well, vowsandpeaks.com. Again, a beautiful header image there to kind of bring everybody into the brand. But let's, let's dig into what makes your photography brand different. Tell us what your business's brand position is. Yeah, um, you know, it took me a, about a year to kind of figure out what my position was. And um, it was it, like, I think the biggest thing I had to tackle at the very beginning was like, um, you know, don't don't compare yourself to other photographers, because when you're building a website and building a company, you're just like the first thing you do is go look at people who are already successful. Um, and then it took me about a year to kind of figure out like, you know, why do I want to be like other people? Mm. Like I need to, I need to separate myself and make my brand about me. And yeah. so that's what I've, that's what I really have done is like, I don't really sell myself on my photos. I sell myself on me. So when people book me like 95% of the time, people are just like wanting to like book me because they want to hang out with me. <laughs> and I can understand it. I mean, we haven't known each other very long. We're just chatting for a few minutes before we got the episode started. But your su super chill personality, easy to have conversation <laughs> with, uh, genuinely kind. And um, so I can understand people just kind of want to hang out. It, it's, it's an interesting point of conversation. And I've been in the industry since we've changed. We've, we kind of shifted from, I don't know, you put your name out there and you, you share your credentials and your experience, kind of like a resume almost. We, we transitioned mm -hmm. from that world 20 years ago, essentially, to what we're at now, which is where photographers are much more building their brands around, like you said, who they are as an individual. But I know that yeah. there are a lot of photographers now getting into the elopement space. Is there something in particular about the way that you approach elopement photography that you could sum up in a sentence? Like if somebody was like, hey, I've, I've found a couple of elopement photographers. I really like you, Sean. What makes your photography different? Yeah, well, I, I personally come from a landscape background. Um, so landscape photography background. So. I personally feel like the elopement field is kind of blown up. And so a lot of people are kind of transitioning from weddings to elopements. Yeah. So 
I feel like their their craft and specialty for how they do elopements is completely different than how I do mine. So when you're talking about a typical wedding photographer, they might be people who like really specialize in detail shots and family things. While like me, I, I'm a person who like, you know, I my dopamine hit is like getting up at two o'clock in the morning and hiking up for sunrise without even doing elopements. So when I'm like planning my things and stuff like that, I think like my passion for like being outdoors and like and hiking up and like doing these crazy things and catching alpine glow and sunrises like that kind of resonates with people who like that's what they do in their free time Makes so sense. i feel like i could connect with people on that level versus like you know wedding photographers are more crafted to like doing more traditional elements while i'm like going out there just taking like badass like wide angle photos naturally and I'm just kind of putting people in the middle of it. <laughs> They're like the accessory to the, the, the scenic photos that you're capturing. Yeah, I'm, so I'm basically trying to highlight the landscape with mm. like people in it. And so mm. I think that's like why I naturally can compose people and put people in cool spots to look tight because I'm taking those photos regardless if they're there or not in my brain. So but, I think that's kind of why I can connect with people. Do you, do you know the photographer Sean Reeder? Does that name strike a bell? I don't. Sean is, is a longtime friend of mine. His um, his Instagram is Sean, S-H-A-W-N-R-E-E-D-E-R, Sean Reeder. Um, super, super talented landscape photographer. Um, it's just mind-blowing stuff. For anybody listening in, go check it out. But he also then photographs weddings, uh, at least on occasion. And your, mm. your kind of approach to photography very much reminds me of that. I, you're a scenic photographer kind of by default. And then you yeah. also happen to photograph in, couples, in this case, in those beautiful sceneries. And, you know, again, I'm, I go back to your website. I'm going to pop it up here for those of you who are streaming live, vowsandpeaks.com. Stunning image. I mean, stunning imagery, just the scenery in the background. But then how in the world did you get these horned sheep in the picture as well? Like, how did that all go down? <laughs> Dude, I get people asking all the time about like, oh, can we have like goats show up? And I'm like... <laughs> Look, I'm not a goat whisperer. I can't just like summon the goats. <laughs> but like, um, dude, it was just one of those days. Like, um, we we backpacked up to that spot, and so traditionally goats like will come out in the, especially in this area of Colorado. Um, they come out because there's a lot. They like to eat the salt, like the salt off people's clothes, and like people will feed them, which they shouldn't do. So they've actually become like really like cool with like being around humans. Uh, okay. So. Yeah, so the, it was just one of those lucky days where it was like this giant goat. Like, I don't even know, is it a herd? But like, it was like crazy. There was so many goats everywhere. Okay. Okay, so it is goats, not sheep. Yeah, I think it is a herd. But yeah, that's just wild. I mean, what are the chances that something like that comes together? It's always fun to, to capture those little moments. Uh, let me, speaking of this yeah. experience, so I think, um, and we, we kind of harp on this a lot on the podcast because I think as con technology continues to progress and it's so much easier to take a great picture certainly there is an element of understanding composition for example and certainly light that plays into taking a great picture even some of those things now you can kind of automate rely on ai you know replace the background really quickly experience plays an even more significant role i think than it ever has for differentiating ourselves from the next photographer so i'm curious when it comes to experience mm -hmm. and you're thinking about customer experience what is a differentiating factor in the customer experience that you provide for your clients as an elopement photographer? Um, well, I think I can use like an example last year. Like I, I had this bride who was like kind of going back and forth with me um, about like booking me or this other guy. And um, she, one of her big, she was like, she, I mean, she would admit this. She was like definitely a type A. So like she really wanted to like make sure that everything about her day was being perfect. And then so one day like we got on a phone it was like probably our fourth phone console and i'm walking her through like how different locations have different lighting scenarios based on like you know where it's coming where it's facing mm -hmm. um how many different ridges has to go over and so i basically walked her through like you know we're going to get here this time get there get dressed ceremony all of this time and so then i think that's what really sold her is like i just i know where to be at the best time um but also like I just really have really solid and great communication with people and compassion with people. Um, it's, I feel like what I try to set myself out to do is like give people a, an overall amazing experience from like A to Z. Like I'm going to be there every step of the way, not just the person who's going to show up and just like take your photos. 
That totally makes sense. I, and this maybe seemed like a weird question, but I'm curious because I know that for not, I guess not everyone naturally is the kind of laid back persona, easygoing persona, easy to have conversation with, just this genuine kindness. It even comes through in your eyes. Is that something that's just like, has that, have you grown up with that? Did your parents teach you that? And that's just how you've been since you were young. It's something you've learned how to engage with people more effectively over time. What, explain a little bit about that. Man, if you would have asked me this question uh, like a year ago, I probably would have had a different answer. Um, but I think a lot of like my personality and stuff like that come came through like just in my childhood upbringing. Like I lost my dad pretty young, and I think hmm. for me, like um, I I compartmentalized a lot of like my my um, sadness, and then hmm. like outwardly, I gave off a like a persona like you know like I'm happy and joyous, and um, I definitely am. Hmm. But I just, you know, I just like to give off like a vibe like you, people are comfortable with me and like to hang out with me. I like to hang out with people and socialize with people. Um, and I just think that I've just kind of grown into that um, out of like, I, I think you can probably grown out of that, out of like grown into that out of like necessity, so necessity, like survival. That makes sense too, but I, something caught my attention. I think because it resonates with me, I've had this experience, which is you, you want to give somebody on the other side of you a certain experience. And I would venture mm -hmm. that you want to give them that experience because you've had that experience from other people. Like you've been on the other side. It's not everybody that you get to connect with who just genuinely makes you feel good. Like they're genuinely interested. They're, they're dialed in, paying attention to what it is that you have to say and asking you really great questions. I've had those experiences where I walk away from a conversation and I'm just kind of like dumbstruck. I don't even know what to do with myself because most people aren't that engaged. Most people don't show that kind of genuine kindness that, you know, isn't like a, a put on for the sake of that particular context or whatever. It's just that it's such a unique experience. And so I, I know what you mean when you, when you talk about that. And it, I, th I think it's great. I think it's great that you're, that you're creating that. It might seem like the obvious thing to talk about, just be nice to people. But I think the fact that it comes from such a genuine place for me, from your personal experience is very obvious. And I'm, I'm sure it translates really, really well to your clients. Thank you. I mean, honestly, like it, like another thing for me is like, you know, when I'm doing like these elopements and stuff like that, like I don't have like this crazy pressure to perform, like, because to me, like, I don't, I don't feel of it as like a job. I'm just feel like I'm just out there just like being in a place I really enjoy. And I definitely understand the magnitude of like, you know, the day and stuff like that. But I think just like my calm demeanor and confidence and just like the situation, the surroundings and like, and being able to like perform, um, like at something that might be high stressful to someone else, but not to me, like definitely, yeah. um, helps people feel more calm and at ease. Um, and like, we're just hanging out and they're just happening to get married. <laughs> just, just so happy to be getting married. Well, that's actually a great segue. <laughs> to my next question, um, which is about family life for you. So you're running a business, but you're also married. There's this beautiful shot on your website. And again, for everybody listening, and if you go to vowsandpeaks.com and then the about me section, beautiful image of you and your wife, you got, you said you got married um, on the cliffs of Northern Ireland. And this is a stunning, stunning imagery. But how are you learning to balance married life with running a business and kind of finding, I, I know that word balance is so subjective, but what does that look like for you and what's enabling you to do that effectively? Oh man. I, well, I'm going to just preface this by saying my wife, like she deserves so much credit because man, when I first started this business, I was working at a restaurant full time mm. and then I was doing this and then I was working on my SEO during the day. Mm. So like I'd be doing like, it was crazy hours and then it was nonstop. And then even like my second full year, you know, I did like 50 elopements and I was gone like all the time. And then so like after that, I was like, all right, I'm going to make my life easier. I'm going to build a van and I'm going to just live in this van instead of like living in the back of my car because I was realizing like I... Don't, I'm not happy sleeping in the back of a Jeep like like 60 days out of the summer, you know? And so <laughs> I was like, I and this last year I built the van and my wife was like, it's like after the first month, she's like, oh my God, like you seem so much happier this year. I'm like, well, because I have somewhere to sleep. I have somewhere to cook dinner. I have, <laughs> I have a fridge. Like, it's like, you know, you have a home. And so for me, that was like a big first step. Mm -hmm. This next year, my wife is actually quitting her job in June. Um, and so I think that's really gonna help too, cause um, she's gonna be able to come along with me and do like um, all my trips I do and stuff like that. And just, you know, this year I've really left the season knowing like, you know, I need to turn inward and focus on myself and figure out like, you know, 
what what I can do to better my life and to make myself a better person. Wow. Okay. I, I, we could probably park there for the rest of the episode. You touched on a variety of things, um, but it mm-hmm. seems like maybe just learning what environments help create a sense of calm and happiness for you. That's translated to better engagement with your wife, better presence for the sake of your work. Um, and, and I can imagine too, it'd be a really, I don't know, it, it, like a, a interesting experience. I've had the experience myself, so I can speak from that experience, but kind of cool to look forward to the opportunity to be able to work with your partner with your wife and and do that together have you all talked about how you're going to balance that like the roles and and making sure that you minimize conflict within those roles and and all the all that wonderful stuff yeah so like for for example like the first step we took in like us working together is like um i, I got a lot of feedback on people like wanting albums like hard physical albums so like I was like, okay, I told her, I was like, I, I'm not going to have time to do this. Like, I'm being realistic. Like, I, and I also don't want to like half-ass this where I'm giving someone like a half-ass album. So I, I told her, I was like, I want you to come on and help me do this. And then so we did like test albums together, built a whole pricing page for albums. And now we're like selling albums for people because it was something people wanted. And then um, I told her, I was like, you know, in June, you quit your job. Like, it'd be great if you could help me do social media management. Hmm. Um, you can help me send out invoices send out stuff for publication, all this kind of stuff. So then I could just really hone in, focus on the planning and then like the photography portion of the business. So it's been going great. I know, um, I know she's really looking forward to it and she, she's an entrepreneur herself. So she has a lot of like these things. I don't need to just like teach her everything. She already knows all this stuff. That's kind of brilliant. Well, I, I hope that that just works out really, really well for you all. I know it can be a challenge and different couples have different perspectives on what it's like to work with the significant other and finding a balance in that. But it sounds like you're already well on your way to a really great spot. I want to kind of transition though. When we talk about time management, delegation is one of the concepts that we talk about quite a bit. Is that something that you've experimented with? Whether it's, I mean, it sounds like you're in some ways already delegating administrative tasks to your wife, um, but whether it's admin tasks or album design or image editing or anything of the sort, have you experimented with delegation? What's that process been like for you? Yeah, so like my like my second year when I like developments kind of blew up for me. Like I started outsourcing my um, editing, and so that was like a huge like huge wake up thing for me because I'm like, oh my god, the amount. Of, I don't think people realize like the the most time for photographers is spent on a computer. It's like I'm, if I could just spend ninety nine percent of my time outside with people, like that would be great. But like that's not the reality as like a wedding slash development photographer. The majority of the time is like on this computer. So I was like man, I need to get away from this. So Mm. I found an editor and honestly, it was more consistent editing too, because, um, you know, for me, like, you know, you get brain fried. You're just like always in the computer, like, okay, I need to get the hell out of here. So when you hire someone to do something for you, you're just like, they just, that's what they do. Like, so I I can just concentrate on like what I do best. So that was a big one. And then also I hired another photographer who like, you know, he, he's a Colorado person through and through, like he's definitely like nature oriented spends his time outside so that was a big bonus too because i can start cutting back on how many bookings i take he could take some too and it's kind of a win-win for everybody so in that process of delegation and i i'm again I'm, this is something we could spend a long time on we won't but i'm just curious a little bit about the communication piece of this conversation you're you're working with your wife and you're asking her to do some things and that means communicating what it is that you want to somebody who you already have an established personal relationship with maybe you understand each other's communication style but then if you bring an editor in from the outside now it's a whole different type of communication with somebody that you maybe you're not as familiar with you're trying to communicate what it is that you want is there an idea or two that has enabled you to learn to more effectively communicate when you're delegating something so that you know what it is that you're looking for will be done right or done well yeah, I mean, I'm going to be fully honest and transparent. When I hired uh, Joe, the other photographer, like, I think it was a big ego check for both of us. Um, mm. You know, I I feel like I really want the photos, when he takes them to match the way I do photos and stuff like that. I, want, I don't want to be like a, I want, I want to be jealous of his photos. That's kind of how I look at it. I was like, damn, cool. I wish I took that photo. Yeah. So I was trying to like communicate that to him. And, um, and also like, you know, it was just like, figure out pricing and like all this kind of stuff. And so it really like, it took, we did a trip out to Yosemite in October and it was kind of like a meeting of the hearts and we just like really bonded over that trip. And I think like 
sometimes you just need to kind of check your ego at the door and just realize that, you know, like, um, you might think you'd be doing something really good and you do it a certain way, but like also like that person is really skilled as well at what they do. Mm. And you just got to kind of meet in the middle, but communication is huge. Like my, like I've learned that so much over the last couple of years and my business communication with clients is fucking top notch. But like when it comes to like communication with my wife and stuff like that, I'm sometimes I fail at that. I'm mm. still trying to learn how to do it. Sometimes I fail it with like other people, but it's, you know, just acknowledging and learning and trying to like be better. Like that's what it comes down to. Brilliantly summed up. Uh, the checking the ego at the door. I've actually had the opportunity to begin working with my girlfriend, Jill, who happens to produce this podcast as well. And, um, you know, there's, it's easy for me being in the, the photography industry now for so long that it would be easy for me to assume that I kind of just know what to do all the time and anytime. Uh, but I've learned so much working with Jill, even just in the last eight or nine months or so. And certainly that requires a certain amount of setting ego aside, but just like you're talking about keeping an open mind to somebody else's perspective, is, is enabled by that and what we can learn from others. And I have a wonderful team that I work with in general um, who is able to lend various perspectives to the conversation at hand. And there's opportunity for significant growth through that. So I, I love your perspective on that. And I, and I think it speaks really, really loudly. Everybody listening in, pay super close attention to that in that process. It's really important to keep an open mind to others' perspectives. Let me ask you one more question, Sean, before we jump to the elopement portion of this conversation specifically. And that has to do with um, a self-help book, a business book, any book really that you would highly recommend to our listeners that's made a big impact in your life. Dude, so like when I got back from Yosemite, like I, I had this really crazy, like, man, it was like a lot of emotions. And I just told myself, like, you know, like I was, I don't want to spend my time the way I'm spending my time right now. Like I'm like, I was like, there has to be more than life than like spending your time on a phone and a computer. I was like, this is crazy to me. And so like I got home and then like one morning I woke up and I was like, because generally I go to, I go to the computer and just start doing work and editing stuff with that. And I just sat on the couch and I was like, what the fuck should I be doing? And so I looked over at the corner of our TV stand. There was a book and I was like, I'm going to read this book. I have no idea what this book is. I'm just going to read it. And it was, it's called how to, how to do the work. And man, it, it was like mind blowing to me. It's like, it's just the conditioning of your upbringing and like how, like your who you are as a person has to do a lot with like who you are in the past, like who, who, how you were raised and stuff like that. And I, it was, it resonated so fucking hard with me. And like, so when I first started reading it, like I was like just overcome with like all these emotions and I'm like, what am I feeling right now? And then I was like, this is like anxiety. This is like, you know, I'm overwhelmed. And like, I think I live my whole life like this, but I just don't realize it because I've coped with like this kind of stuff and I just push through it. And so over the last couple months, it's just been like, I've been reading this book and like, um, doing breathing exercises and meditating. And it's all because of this book. It's just like opened my eyes to like, you know, there's mm. like, you can, you don't have to be the person that you are. You can change that person. Yeah. If you're not enjoying something. It, it's true. And, and I would even push back or, or like take that a step further and say, even if it, it's easy for a lot of times, I think for people to say, this is who I am and I'm good with it. And, and that's just kind of, it's like this blinders on mentality. And I get that. Like that, I, I think that's actually a really great thing because especially in this day and age, people are super insecure with who they are or who they've become, their tendencies and so forth. And not being happy with that creates a whole slew of problems in and of itself. But the, where I would push here is there's always opportunity for us to improve. And keeping mm -hmm. what we were talking about, setting ego aside and keeping an open mind is such a huge component of that. But then also realizing, like you were saying, and, and it's actually, I think is highlighted in this book. I, I pulled it up on Amazon, how to do the work, recognize your patterns, heal from your past and create yourself. The reality is looking to our past, not fixating in our past, but looking to our past and where we've come from, the experiences that have helped kind of make us um, or develop the patterns that we've developed understanding that we can undo those and switch those behavioral patterns and ultimately switch the, the choose to, to change the belief system that has formed us uh, and, and become who we are. Again, I put it in air quotes because like you said, it's so flexible, but um, it's helped form us to this point. We understand we can change those things and become an even better version uh, of ourselves. And I, I think, I think it's a fascinating concept and I'm super stoked that you brought this up. I'm going to have to add to this book to my, my reading list as well. Um, and we'll put it in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Was it a, was it a pretty tough read? Like, did you get through it really quick and just immediately start applying everything? 
I mean, it's, I'm still, I'm like kind of, I, now I bought the audio version of it um, because I'm, and at heart, I'm not a reader. And so like reading this book, like the reason I was able to read it is because um, it, it resonated super hard with me. Like I was like, I'm like, damn, this shit is like crazy. Yeah. So then I got the audio books. I'm like, okay, what did I miss? Like, what, how could I retain this differently? And so um, it, it's just been mind blowing. And I, I just kind of, I think about like, I think about our, I'm not sure how your parents are, but our parents' generation, like our parents' generation, like my mom, she's like, this is who I am and like, whatever, if you don't like it, then I don't care. Like, well, like right. me and like, you know, our generation, we're just like, why, why am I content being this way? I'm 35 years old. Like, do I want to live my whole life as the same person? And, you know, I want to be a different person than I am today. Like than I was like a year ago. I would agree. I would agree. And not everybody thinks that way, but I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think part of it is when we look at our, you're talking about our parents' generation, my parents are, my dad's in his early seventies, my mom's in her late sixties. Uh, but we think about even just like 30, 40 years ago, even 20 years ago in some ways, like you look at our culture and the way that we thought, and it was so limited in so many different ways. Now, to be clear, mm -hmm. I think that has some benefits. Um, I still see the value in certain traditional, what people would call traditional um, approach to life. I, I think there's some, some value there, or there is some value there. But that being said, it was also in many ways, a very closed-minded way to, to approach life, to think, to function, to behave. And um, as we continue to grow in our understanding of ourselves uh, and the world at large, in kind of incorporating some of that perspective into our lives, and as you pointed out, continuing to improve, whether it, you know, the next six months or a year or two years, that we, that we aren't exactly that same person, this very kind of uptight, closed-minded, this is who I am uh, persona, because it's so mm -hmm. limiting on so many different levels. It limits what we're able to accomplish as individuals. It limits, it's highly limiting when it comes to personal relationships. And um, I, I think it just, it keeps us from living our best life. I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but I think it really does. And so I, I'm really glad that you brought yeah. this up and I'm, I'm going to have to go as many books as I buy. I'm going to have to go buy this book now. I'm really stoked to read it. So I, I appreciate the recommendation. It's great, man. Well, let's, let's yeah, jump absolutely. into kind of the main topic at hand, um, which is elopement photography. You talked a little bit about your brand as it relates to elopement photography on a very simple level though. It, it seems like, I mean, you, you said you were already a landscape photographer. What was the, I guess, what was the motivation to go from that to photographing people within those landscapes, as you said? Yeah, well, dude, it was crazy. Like I, when I was working at that restaurant for like, you know, three years, I was like, just trying to break through in landscape photography. I'm like applying for like jobs with like North Face and Patagonia and Sony and all this shit. And like, every time I get a response back, it was like, oh, you don't have like 600,000 Instagram, Instagram followers. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that is like literally the dumbest prerequisite to hire someone is like just a social media thing. Like that's so stupid. And so it took me forever. Then so when, when my wife and I, we looked, I'm like sitting there and I'm like on this cliff and there's a fucking cow to the right of me and there's this giant rainbow. And like, I'm just like looking at my photographer. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing, why am I not doing this shit? Like, this is mm. tight. Like I'm outside outdoors taking photos and I'm hanging out with people on their biggest day of their lives. Like yeah. that sounds sick. Yeah. So that was the, that was it, man. Like it was like, you know, like the cartoons had the light bulbs above, like the, the cartoon's head. That <laughs> yeah. was like me. It was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when you, as you're looking to get into this and how, how long ago did you get married and kind of have that light bulb moment? This was like four years ago. Okay. So four years ago, I, I, I know that certainly it wasn't elopement photography wasn't even as popular as it is now. That was maybe kind of the beginnings of that, that space. Obviously COVID heightened that or fast forwarded that even further, but did you, was there any sense as you were getting into that space that you needed to like super intentionally set yourselves apart from the rest? We talked about brand position earlier, um, but with so many more photographers getting into that space, is there some sense, was there some sense, is there some sense now that you need to continue to set yourselves apart or yourself apart? Oh, man, I, it's like weird. Cause like, I, I feel like, you know, when I first started, like I, I didn't know anything about like the back end of like how to start a business. And so like when I just got home, I just hit up some of my friends who were married. And I was like, yo, do you want to get dressed back up in your married clothes or your clothes? And then like go take some pictures outside and uh, I'm going to start a business. And then, so then I, I did that and I built a website. I'm like, oh, fuck now, now what do I do? Like, well, how do people find me? And then that's when I learned about like, you know, SEO and stuff like that. And so I was like, okay, like this is going to take a lot more time than like I probably have to like start this. So then I learned about Facebook ads and then that's how I got my, my initial bookings. And so now it just, it's, it sounds like really crappy to say this, but like 
you know, a lot of my business is like I'm predicated on SEO and like that's my, mm. my success is directly tied to like how I perform in Google. Yeah. Um, and that's like the, and so I, I honestly, I, I, I cannot preface this by saying this enough, but like when you find success, a lot of the time it's luck. It's like right place, right time. You fall into something at the right time. And like, that's what I feel like I did. I just got fucking lucky um, with how I started it, like at the timing of it. Interesting. But SEO, you've brought up SEO a couple of different times now. And maybe there's opportunity to come back to that conversation at some point. Because I'm kind of curious um, to understand. I mean, most photographers, and myself included, by the way, as long as I was in photography, of course, we, when I got started, we were still yellow pages. So like it was yellow pages and then websites became more important and SEO even became a conversation, but I certainly didn't spend a lot of time in SEO. Now, of course, it's more front of mind with the various brands that we have. And I've learned a lot, quite a bit, even just in the last year or so, but most photographers, I don't think, um, are necessarily motivated to really jump all into that. And it, techni mm -hmm. on a technical level, it's super overwhelming to them. Obviously, there's a there's a very clear motivation, which is I want more business. I want to be able to stand out from the rest via SEO. But are you naturally technical, or is it just something you had to commit yourself to? I it was very overwhelming at first. I, I outsourced a company um, the first time I did it for like six months, and I just didn't see any ROI on it. And I was like, dude, fuck this. I'm doing this myself. And so I just learned like all of it on my own. Um, but when I say like timing is like was super important, it's because like you know, elopements um, weren't like huge mainstream stuff yet. And so like when the SEO, the competition of ranking higher um, wasn't like all that hard. Now, it, like, you know, the, the industry's blown up, especially in Colorado. So like for me, I had this like, you know, basically year and a half head start on so many people who are now trying to get into elopement photography. And so that's when I say like, you know, standing out like above like competition and stuff like that. The biggest way I stand out above competition is like, A, I got um, a copywriter to do all my copy. And so she basically sold me through my website copy. And then B, like, I always have to be on the SEO game of like getting backlinks and building out pages and stuff like that because um, that's how you stand out because you're just trying to rank out, bring people. And it, was that like, did it take time or once you learned some of the principles behind that, was it a pretty quick process where it like, bumped you up kind of toward the top? It, I mean, it took me like about a year to kind of like just gradually move up. Um, now it's like just based on trial and error, buying different courses, like somebody might step for publication and stuff like that. But now it's like, you know, it's kind of like a well-oiled machine where it's yeah. just like constantly going and it's already pretty much built out pretty well. So I think this would cure me for a little bit. I, I bet I'm like a person where I find time to do stuff when other people wait to the end of the year to do their stuff. Like, ah. like my, my, my work and my, um, my work doesn't stop at just taking photos. Like I'm constantly like submitting for publications, getting blog posts done. Well, like, I feel like a lot of people like tend to wait until like their season's over, you know, mm. I'm doing that during the season. This is a, I don't want to get too far into this, but I'm curious because a lot of photographers I know struggle with time management. Um, is there a what enables you to be that much more efficient, that much more effective? Is it is it just a simple choice in the end? Are you scheduling your days in such a way that it gives you a little bit more time to to, to do those things? I'm a sicko. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm a, I'm a pro I just like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just a hungry person. Like, mm -hmm. I just don't like, um, when I see something, I get it done and I like, that's, it's, it's, it's good. And it's also bad. Um, but you know, like every year I, when I start my business, I, I've always told myself, like, I want to improve on one thing each year to make the, the, the client experience better. And mm -hmm. it was, it was never like my, my goal was never a money goal. It was never a booking goal. It was always like, what can I do this year? That's going to make the experience better for them. And then this year I decided like, you know what, I'm going to really focus on how I handle my life and my free time and like how my happiness, because I feel like that can play into people's days. If I'm like tired or like groggy or like, you know, worn out. So I was like this year, I'm going to focus on time management and being better with my time. Um, so I can make sure that every elopement I'm like super fresh and ready to roll. Well, I'm, I'm super impressed by that. And again, there might be opportunity to come back and even talk about that at some point if, if you're willing. But I want to keep going in this conversation yeah. about elopement photography. And 
more specifically, the, the three ideas that have enabled you to build the kind of business that, that you have. And for those of you listening in um, or watching, for that matter, if you go to, and I'm going to pull this up on screen, if you go to vowsandpeaks.com, actually on the homepage there at vowsandpeaks.com, scroll down. And you'll see this section here where Sean actually breaks down what makes him different than other Colorado elopement photographers. And uh, this is kind of interesting. And I, I figured, you know what? It makes most sense for us just to kind of dig into each of these points in just a little bit more detail. Um, the, the three kind of differentiating factors are number one, a personalized experience. Number two, excellent communication. And number three, all-inclusive experience. And we've kind of touched on each of these briefly thus far. I want to dig into each one a little bit more. In that section, for those of you who aren't live streaming with us, you can't see this, uh, in that section about personalized experience, there's a quote, sounds like from a client, which says, important to note is how natural Sean makes every moment feel. His presence offered positivity, a keen sense of timing, and an overall feeling of direction. It's so incredibly obvious to us that he was born to do this. We were searching for a unique experience. We wanted adventure, simplicity, and memories we would never forget. Anybody out there looking for a similar personalized experience would be very lucky to get to work with Sean. And Sean, we, I mean, first of all, that's a wonderful testimony to have from a client, but I, I know that you already yeah. talked a little bit about what drives your effort at personal relationships with your clients. I think it's a wonderful thing and really can't be underestimated, but let's talk a little bit more about what that looks like on a, like a super tangible level when, once you book that client, or maybe it's even in the booking process, like the initial consultation, how are you actually making this truly personal? A lot of photographers say a personal experience. But the reality is they've got this template process that they just repeat over and over and over again with their clients. And I don't know how mm -hmm. personal that actually is. How do you really make this personal for your clients? Yeah, so I think like um, one thing is like, you know, you want to like be able to listen to people um, and hear their needs and fulfill their needs. Um, and that's generally that's like that's customer service 101 is like just being able to like solve a problem for people. So a lot of times like. I get people who come up to me with like these crazy ideas or like these ideas that like they're like, oh, well, this is what we're thinking, but we don't know if we can do it. I'm like, dude, if you have something, just tell me what you want to do and we'll do our best to make it work. Um, I also think it's super important to like, you know, um, to not think about couples as a content creation. Think because a lot of people will try to like book people to go shoot at a certain location because they want to have that on their portfolio. Like I never look at stuff like that. I look at people as like, you know, like tell me what you're looking for. What kind of scenery, what kind of landscape are you guys looking for? How many miles do you guys generally hike? Like um, those kind of things. And like, I try to match it up as best I can, but like my experience in like the different parts of the places I travel and work at. So you talked about, and I'm taking notes, by the way, in case you didn't see me with my pen here, but I'm old school on the, on the notebook, listen, hear needs or hear their needs. And then three was to fulfill those needs. And this was, you were describing how to approach conversation with the clients. Again, this may seem obvious, but I know it's not just based on even my own personal experience interacting with photographers. Not everybody is great at being a good listener. I think a lot of photographers, you talked about ego earlier, a lot of photographers, and I've certainly been guilty of it, we bring our ego to the picture, probably not even intentionally, but we just have these ideas in our head about what should be versus kind of setting that aside and listening to the client. And as you, you pointed out, what their actual needs and desires are. How, how can we be better listeners? Do you have some advice for all of us, myself included, as to how we can be better listeners to truly hear what it is the client's saying, not just kind of, hey, what do you want to do? And then, you know, we check out because we already know what we plan on doing anyway. How do we, how do, can we be better listeners? Honestly, dude, I'm a big body language person. So like when I'm doing these things, like, and people like, you know, it, it's a lot of stress to like, even if you're just like hiking up and like getting married somewhere, like it's, you're still getting married. And so, for me, I can really read when people are feeling something um, or like a change of plans has to happen and stuff like that. Like um, I'll give two examples. Like like if people had to change their hiking location because the trail closed down that before. Like it's obvious that like that person is probably freaking the fuck out. So it's like you just have to take initiative to be like, you know, like calm them. Like everything is going to be fine. You're in good hands. That's what I do all the time. Mm -hmm. That's one. So you don't have to, you don't have to listen in that part. You just have to know that like, under normal circumstances, someone's going to freak out. On their wedding day, it's probably like through the roof. So that's number one. Number two, like um, just like people, I had one one bride like who she was so nervous before her first look and I just like grabbed my hands. I'm like, hey, 
after this, like it's all cruise control. Like, and, like this is literally the biggest part of the whole day. There's a lot of anticipation. And then after this, it's you guys are just like having fun, but just enjoy this because like he's gonna think you're the most beautiful today. You'll never be able to capture the feelings he feels today. Like when he sees you in this wedding dress. And so like, it's just being able to read the room of like, you know, the situation, the magnitude, those kind of things. Um, and so a lot of times it's not really necessarily listening. It's just like understanding the situation and then putting it to work. That makes sense. Okay. And, and I mean, you highlighted too the significance of that awareness, like really leaning in literally and figuratively to the conversation where you're highly aware of even body language, um, nuance in the way that they're communicating. I think that's really important to note as well. The other thing you mentioned was couples aren't, <laughs> I wrote down couples do not equal content creation. And um, that's also something to, to kind of keep in mind. And, and I'll just kind of mention this in passing because it speaks for itself, but this is about the client, what it is that they're looking for, what it is they want. We're not trying to make it about ourselves in our portfolio. We're making it about the client. And, and I think that on the other side of that, I, I bet the way that your clients engage with you, coupled with these beautiful locations you're recommending to them, means that you have an incredible portfolio in the end anyway. If we're, if we're yeah. dictating everything and everything's about what we want to create from this, then we're probably going to end up with a client that's not quite as relaxed, not as engaged, um, probably not quite as happy with the experience. And the end result isn't going to be as good as if you had focused on their needs to begin with. So I, I love that focus. And that really is a great segue to the next point that you make there on the site here. And, and I'll kind of share my screen again as well for those of you listening in and streaming or not. Um, Excellent communication. Sean may be the most organized and detail-oriented person I've ever met. It was evident that he had a tracker timeline to manage touch points with each couple in order to ensure the perfect day. These touch points included emails with tips, tricks, suggested things to pack, and just general check-ins to get to know each other better. It really gave me the confidence that nothing would slip through the cracks and allowed me and my husband to enjoy a stress-free planning process. Um, again, I mean, it, it seems like you're almost a natural at this stuff, but did you, did it take you a little bit of time to develop the workflow that they're talking about that would kind of not only guide you, but the couples through those various touch points? Yeah, it was like, honestly, like after my first year, I'm like, oh man, there has to be a better way to do this. Like there, there's no way that like, this is the way I should be doing things because I didn't have timelines. It was like basically just show up here, meet me here based on like when I go hiking, like I know this, I know the light here is at this time. But then like, so then I was like, oh man, I just didn't really hone in and figure out like what I need to do. And so like, even, like remember I was saying earlier about like how you, um, I was trying to like improve on one thing every year. And so mm -hmm. like communication and detail was like the, the main focus, like for one year, I was like, okay, I'm going to make an, I'm going to make a whole email thing. I'm going to make Google docs. I'm going to do all these things to make sure that like, I'm always prepared. They know that they're in good hands um, and that I'm super organized. So now I do timelines and like all those kind of things that basically will outline like, you know, their whole day, they can see it from start to finish that I'm including every single thing in there. Like you want to break a piece of glass, like, cause you're having like a Jewish, like elopement, we're going to include that in the timeline, like all these kind of things, like just to make it personalized. So it's organized too. Well, and speaking of that organization, I mean, there's a whole section that you have um, about the information on in your elopement packages. And I, I know that there's significant benefit here, you know, as far as the, the SEO piece of it is concerned, but the amount of information that you're sharing and, and, it, and it's kind of um, not iterative, but progressive, like you, you, you introduce them to the idea on the homepage and you build on that on this page here with how it works and some, some key bullet points. Um, you've then got the Colorado elopement guide, which then goes into, and I mean, again, talk about a brilliant SEO um, benefit, but just a super detailed multi, multi-page guide or um, what's the word manual, if you will, that kind of walks them through the whole process with some beautiful images stuck in, stuck in there. But how long did it take you to build this out? Or have you just continued to update it as you learn more and photograph more? I think this page was built out like three years ago. And okay. um, honestly, like I, I think there's two parts of this page, like and two parts of my whole website overall. It's like three, I guess. So SEO, you want to be like, you want to answer people's questions. So like, that's how like you can obviously like rank better and stuff like that. Like you're just trying to solve a problem for people. Mm. Um, number two, like, like people who 99% of the people I work with don't live in Colorado. 
So like the, these are all questions like I naturally get asked all the time. So like a lot of times people just read this whole thing. I'm like, oh man, it's super easy to get married in Colorado. Like this place sounds awesome. And then number three, like when I hire a website person like to do um, do my copy, her, her name is uh, Rachel with Green Chair Stories. So like I, I told her, I was like, okay, I, I don't want to have a website like everybody else's where it's just like tons of blocked information, but it's just basically like answering questions. I want to be precise and like to the point so people can get it, but I also want it to be fun like me. So when you're writing it, I want people to read through it and just act like I'm talking to them and hang out with them. So that was like the one, I think that was honestly the biggest and key factor of my whole website was like, it basically sounds like me. And Rachel with Green Chair, I think we actually had in the podcast, is it Rachel, um, Rachel Griman? Yes, yes. Is that right? Okay, so yeah, anybody listening in, in case you're curious, episode 287, we did an episode uh, entitled Less is More, Stand Out with Less Website Copy with uh, Rachel. So if you're curious to learn a little bit more about website copy, as Sean is highlighting here, make sure you go check out that episode too. Um, man, this is uh, this is incredible stuff, Sean. I know an hour is not going to be enough to dig into all of this today, but I want to keep the conversation going. All-inclusive experience. Yeah. And I know that different photographers are approaching uh, the the process of elopement photography differently. It's, I guess some experiences are more inclusive in the sense that literally from start to finish, the whole thing's planned out. Others may, other photographers may rely more on the couple to plan some of the details and the photographer is showing up. And then I'm sure there's something in between. In this case, on your site, the all-inclusive experience was the, the kind of third differentiating factor. And, and the quote is, we are not from Colorado and Sean helped us a ton by different ideas and providing other awesome vendor recommendations such as a floral and a private chef. What really set Sean apart from others was how willing he was to do what was best for us and tailor a plan that gives us the most perfect day. Sean really listens to what you need with great suggestions. Also, Sean is just a nice guy and it's nearly impossible to feel uncomfortable around him, which definitely translated to our photos. We looked very happy and natural. And uh, I love that my point was proven uh, in that quote too there, just that you're setting that tone, which translates to the imagery. I think it's so important for photographers to remember that. You've, you've already demonstrated how you take care of them with so much information through that guy that we just had up on screen. But how have you decided um, to approach this or how did you make the decision as to what model you would actually implement in your business when you decide to go to this all inclusive experience? I mean, it's from a time and resource standpoint, it's going to be much more intense. What was the reasoning behind going that direction versus any other model? Well, so when my wife and I, we eloped, um, and looking back on this, it didn't, it didn't bother us because like we just kind of work with, work with the flow people, but like we literally just flew out to Ireland. We, we booked our photographer without ever even talking to her. We just emailed her like, Hey, are you open this day? Can we just, can we come out there and get married? And she's like, yeah. And so, um, and then we did no vendors. We did nothing. We just flew out there and did it. And looking back on it, like that's fucking crazy because I have to go through like two, sometimes three phone calls with people at consoles just to like, yeah. you know like kind of conversation we just fucking did it and so looking back i'm like man like what, what are things that like we're missing from our elopement that i think would like really make everything a lot better and so like that's why i was like coming up with like like my vendor list i'm very proud of it because it's people who i work with a lot but also who like really specialize in elopements it's not like just like a random vendor who's like a random makeup person it's like people who are like i I have some makeup artists. They'll literally fucking hike up with us, dude, at like mm. two o'clock in the morning and do the do the makeup on the mountain. So it's like that kind of shit. So like wow. people like they know that like like they just book all these vendors who I work with, and it just makes their experience super awesome. And so like when I take credit for like um, this experience, it's I have to hand off credit to like all the people I work with yeah. because these people are amazing people, and they yep. they crush it at their jobs. And so without them, it's like I can't do it myself, you know. It's so true. Uh, yeah, and I've been talking about this a little bit more in the podcast as of late, but yeah, there, we can't, there's little that we can do without a team of people, whether we have an actual so-called team or we're just delegating the other you know, third parties uh, as even is in your case. But yeah, it's so true. We do need, we do need our team and I'm super thankful for that. But uh, if, if you like, how long did it take to develop that list of people that you could fully trust that you could send your clients to was that just something that happened say over the first year or two or is it taking even more time than that and do you continue to keep that list updated based on your experience yeah so i would say like um probably two years i really was able to solidify it um and 
and now I, I, I still add people on the list, but like I'm a little bit more hesitant. Um, and so it's only because like sometimes, like especially like some people who just might not have like um, the knowledge or the um, like the understanding of like, you know, what we're doing in nature um, is we're using nature as kind of our playground. But at the same time, we kind of need to respect that because like without it, um, we want to have it. And so when I'm doing these kind of things, um, it's like I want to work with people who like have the same understanding and like love for like the outdoors as myself and that can respect it. And so, you know, that like that being said, like I don't really like to work with um, videographers who just like fly their drones all over the place illegally and like yeah. that kind of stuff. Cause yeah. like to me, it's like I don't want to be associated with that. And so I'm, I have a pretty hard cap with like who I work with and um, that kind of stuff. That totally makes sense. Well, I, I think this this gives us quite a bit of wonderful perspective. And yet I feel like we've also touched on a number of ideas that we could, they could become their own podcast episodes. So maybe <laughs> at some, maybe some point, Sean, if, if you'd be willing, we could kind of come back to one or two of those. Um, I just really appreciate you yeah. making time to share just very helpful, practical information for our listeners. And, and I think even just for any photographer listening in who is interested in getting an elopement photography or maybe is already there, who just want some idea of how to build out their website, especially for the sake of SEO. I mean, it, your your website is stunning in that regard. It's, it's really, really incredible. So I'll reiterate again for everybody listening in, make sure that you go to vowsandpeaks.com. And then, uh, of course, we'll also link to Sean's Instagram account, which is vows underscore and underscore peaks. And just scroll through and take some time to just kind of soak it all in because this, this is just really, really stunning work, Sean. Beautifully done. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And like, um, if I could just say like for anybody who's listening as an elopement photographer, I, I would say like, um, one thing that really helped transform my business was literally hiring a copywriter. Like the, that was like, I can pinpoint that was like the, the pin the changing of the guard for when it came to like my success was like just hiring someone who can get your voice across because there's a lot of people who can take really dope pictures and make shit look really tight. But like, at the end of the day, people want to work with you because of you. Like that's what people are looking for, especially on their wedding day. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a great point, um, and we're going to make sure to link to Rachel and Green Share stories uh, and that episode as well in the in the podcast or the show notes right here at the Book of Podcast, bookofpodcast dot com. Uh, we'll put the all of that and all the resources we discussed today, of course, link to Sean's site and Instagram, all in the show notes of bookofpodcast dot com. Uh, Sean. I really appreciate it, man. This has been super fun. I'm stoked to connect with you. And uh, everybody, make yeah. sure you go follow Sean, reach out, ask him questions if you've got any. And um, we'll, we'll, um, we'll come back with the next episode coming up here soon. Thanks again, Sean. Y'all have a wonderful day. Thanks, Tommy.